0: right, everybody. Good Monday morning. This is Zach Hayes joined by Phil Hayes. We are in the Primo studio and we're bringing you the latest edition of the Primo podcast. Good morning, Phil. Good
1: morning, Zach.
0: I am ready to talk about Primo things. (laughs) Well, Primo things today are going to be, uh, and we'll we'll touch on specific for our industry, but this could really go for any industry. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about emerging technologies and equipment and how to decide when is the right time for your business or company to implement these things and how to do your due diligence ahead of time and make sure you're doing it at the right time and for the right reasons you know for our industry of screen printing it seems like there's hasn't been a whole lot of changes in the last uh, 50 60 years but in reality there are things that are uh, available out there that are not taking the place of screen printing because screen printing is, is uh, pretty, pretty straightforward, yeah. but, uh, allowing us to do a little more of the low run production, uh, not holding a lot of your inventory. And that can be done through direct to garment or other, um, fulfillment centers who can help you that work directly with, um, shop owners. But, you know, that's the thing. This stuff is only new for so long. You know, right. we, we've been in this world now where DTG, which for those who don't know, direct to garment printing, has been around now for probably. It's been around since we started. Yeah, it's I been mean, a was, while. I mean, I'm only familiar with the industry about 15 years back, and it was around back then. Uh, And we actually had we did direct to garment printer at one point. I which remember was that a disaster. Yeah, I didn't. Myself, I didn't
1: use it very often. It wasn't something I had my hands in, but I, I remember a lot of frustration coming along with that uh, direct garment printer.
0: Yeah, frustration would be an understatement. Yeah the the uh, the direct garment printer, you know, like we're talking with technology, the the early stages of these uh, uh, pieces of equipment are not going to be very user friendly. You're a little bit of the guinea pig. There, it's right. expensive. You know, we have bought, we have purchased a used machine from another shop who stopped using it, which I know exactly why they stopped using it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was a lot of upkeep, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, steps that you had to take ahead of time where by the end of the day it was just easier to scrap the whole thing and say, you know, this doesn't make sense for us because at the time with the business we were doing, we, we had nothing. Our time had to be on the screen printing press because that's where the money was being made. For sure. I mean, and that's the thing too.
1: I think it just all depends where you're looking to go as a business, because if you're doing like large screen printing runs, like we do, it's, that is a tough machine to keep up with the maintenance and everything. It's It's got to fit into your model. Yeah. And that's definitely something where if you have a retail store where you're, you want to, you know, have shirts come off the press while somebody comes in? Somebody walks in, and says, "I want this shirt." Right. Then that can be
0: uh, it can fit for your business, but for us, it's tough. Well, and and that's the thing where you know we do get customers who come in and they think they you know that, that that's kind of how t-shirt printing works. Right. You know, they've seen it maybe one or two other places, or they, there's been places that use transfers, but every t-shirt shop is different. Yeah. We don't. We do. You know, we're you know we're a we're a higher volume production shop, which is different from your you know small volume retailers that you know don't do that kind of volume so it's it's interesting to see how the customer perceives that but obviously if they're asking for it there's a demand but is it a profitable demand on your part does it make sense to get right. into and you know for us the answer is no until we can master more of our online presence you know so looking at that i i've seen the the direct garment printers come down in cost. Yep. I've seen them get better. Mm-hmm. The maintenance is lower. The, uh, the pre-treatment processes for the shirts are uh, less uh, labor-intensive than they used to be. And this has all just happened in the last five years or so. Yeah. So going back and looking at it, I'm like, ah, would it make sense to implement this again? But for us, the answer is no right now because we have a people problem. Yeah, exactly. We don't have a we don't have a capital problem. We don't have a revenue problem. We don't have a cash flow problem. We don't have a customer problem. We have a people problem. We yeah. don't have enough people to add on those kind of services yet because we it's just been a very difficult road for us to keep the right people in and be able to get some momentum moving forward to where we can say, hey, Joe Schmo. You are strictly in charge of DTG, or you are strictly in charge of XYZ, and we want you to be that guy. Yeah, and
1: especially with uh, like direct-to-garment printers too. Your margins—you're really relying on every shirt to be sold. If you're, you know, and of course you are with screen printing too. But when you're running a machine like that you don't want a guy coming in who doesn't know what he's doing and he's going to screw up a couple shirts here and there because there goes your profits.
0: Well, and the nice thing about the direct garment is, I mean, you do have a bigger profit margin. I mean, your profit per per unit is much higher than it is on the screen printing because you're doing the bulk discounts, but you're not doing that volume. So either way, there's going to be some, some, uh, learning woes there and yeah, they're not going to get it right every time. And you're going to, you're going to go through spoilage when you're doing training or anything else like that. But that's, that's any business and that's any new equipment, but I think it's more, can you be consistent with it? Right. Are you going to be able to say to anybody who walks in at any point in in time and say, I want this shirt in two days. If you can do it this week, but you can't do it next week, then you don't have consistency. And that's where we get off with a lot of the stuff where it's like, there's, we're getting to the point now where the volume that we're doing is so, you know, so big from just a, a customer base. We almost have to like increase our minimums again because they, you know, the six jackets that somebody drops off just can't fit in when we've got three companies ordering hundreds of pieces at a time. And it's a good problem to have, but how do you explain that to people? And, you know, we are looking into things that can help make that process a little bit easier. But guys, I mean, we're we're in a world right now where, you know, people are hard to find. Yeah, it's not and, easy. And it's not that they're, you can get them in the door initially, but it's very hard to keep them. You know, we're in this, you know, everybody's in this mindset of the next best thing and they don't want to put in their time with the, with the company and get ahead. We've seen that with multiple lot, employees yeah. that we've had and doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's all, you know, Grass ain't greener on the always uh, ain't always greener on the other side, and we've right. seen that. Yeah, you know, but but for us to be consistent as a business and say we're going to invest the 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 capital and the time and the resources into it, we need to know that we can be consistent putting out the product, and that's a big decision maker when we're looking at these kind of things. Where can we be the best brand? Where can Primo and Fams be the best they can possibly be? And just throwing those pieces of equipment out on the floor and saying let's find a way to make this work, doesn't cut it.
1: No, definitely not at this time. Now, if we did have the right employees in place, I do think it would be a good thing to look at in the future. Um, But until then, until we're at that point, I think a direct-to-garment printer would just be... Uh, a headache
0: to maintain, honestly, at this point. Yeah. The maintenance is one thing. And, you know, but the other thing is, if you are thinking about implementing something like this, if this is, let's say, you know, let's say, you know, you're not in the t-shirt business. This isn't direct garment printing. This isn't what we're talking about. You're talking about anything that makes a different kind of widget than what you had before at your business. Can you outsource it? Can you test it? with a day with a company that has mastered it. There are companies now that are fulfilling online orders, these single piece orders and saying, okay, we're just gonna drop ship straight to you or to your customer and we'll fulfill your orders. You just bring us the customers and then you decide how much you want to make off of it. Yes, you're micromanaging these online orders and you're micromanaging the the process a little bit, but you know, it's a good way to test and see if this is something that's right. going to work for you and that your customers are actually demanding before you jump in full swing and say, I'm going to be the one to offer this and I'm going to bring it in house and I'm going to really invest in capital for this.
1: Yeah, that's the way to do it because I mean, if you if you end up sending it out, outsourcing it elsewhere... And you're seeing that the numbers just aren't there. They're not what you were hoping for. Then you can translate that into,
0: you know, this machine isn't worth it for us. And I don't know why outsourcing has been such like a dirty word. Like it it, it, it has this like, Oh, well you, you don't, what do you mean you don't do that in-house? What do you mean you don't? Well, why can't I just go to them? Well, you're here right now. You're talking to me right now. I can get it done for you. Oh, and by the way, they don't sell direct to consumer. Right. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the thing they are put in place because they know it's easier for, because 90% of the time the person placing the order doesn't know how to have the proper artwork. No. They don't know how to order the right, uh, you know, they don't know what's going to look good on dark garments. What's going to look good on light garments. So they take the guesswork out, out of it. You're dealing with the professional, and now you're the one expecting to explain to them how that process works. Yeah. And all the other place has to do is print it. They don't want to have to deal with all your customers. They want to no. deal with you, right. and that's it. So that's an interesting part about it too. But you know, I do get a lot of pushback for the things that we don't do in-house where they, they people just assume, well, I can probably find it. If you're, if you're outsourcing it, that means you're marking it up and you're going to make some money off it. I can go find it cheaper somewhere else and just go direct. Have at it, you'll waste more time trying to find the right one and deal with them. And guess what? A lot of those companies that you do find, those fly by night ones, it goes dark when something goes wrong. You don't hear back from them, you don't get a response. And you know, that's just your way of I'm always honest with the customer about that kind of stuff. Yeah. If we're not doing it, we're not doing it. Well, and we're still managing the orders. Like yes. we still are
1: making sure we're not going to use a company that we don't uh have faith in that they can
0: get the job done correctly. And that's where you practice. I mean, you yeah. do some dummy orders and you do you, you throw stuff out there and say, "Hey, can you can you do this for me at at this this cost?" I mean, we were we were doing uh I had purchased a 3D printer years ago. And my, my idea was to do little prototype parts yeah. and you know, for, for a a few local companies and we were doing it and the quality that my machine could put out and the time that I had to invest into it and the, you know, if the troubleshooting, the printer goes down, the print messes up, these things are finicky. It's, it's that new technology we're talking about. It hasn't been perfected yet. Those were the things that we were doing with a hobby machine. Now, I had a guy that I found who would do, you know, parts where I could get a three-time three-time markup from what I was being charged and yeah. it worked out great. The parts came quicker. The parts were better quality and my customer was happier at the end of the day. So yeah. win-win all around. Who's losing in that situation? Nobody. You know? Nobody. And that's the thing. There are no losers in this, but you know, you have to know your your market. And, and that's one small example. I mean, that's that's right. That's a piece of equipment. Yeah. But there's a lot of different things that people are doing with their businesses to kind of diversify because, you know, I'm all for specializing, and I think that's kind of where a lot of companies are going. I think you do have to specialize, but there's no reason why you can't specialize and increase your revenue streams at the same time and increase your flow of, uh, uh, output to a different customer base or sell to a, a an emerging market that you see for your industry. You know what I mean? There's no reason why you can't do that. No, I agree. And that's the thing is there's so many
1: options out there now too, with, with just with social media and, Everything that we talk about on the podcast, there's so many different avenues that you can take to make your business better.
0: Well, I think you know one of those things that we did implement and have been using for a long time has been the um, the online designer yeah. or uh, that we use through Inksoft. Um, this is a program where you know a lot of the times people are familiar with custom ink in our industry. Yep, they would be. So if you're if you're a local. Burger place, I guess McDonald's would be the ink soft of that industry. They're just right. kind of the, the franchise They're the, you know, who they or custom ink would be the, the, the mark for that. They're the ones that everybody knows. They're the ones you see the commercials for Yeah, and you know, they're top dog in the industry. Now they use a lot of different printers to print their stuff. Yeah. They don't do it all in house. They couldn't no. do the volume and they couldn't guarantee the shipping rates that they do. But the good thing about custom ink is they have these great online design tools. Yeah and people will use those constantly and send them to us and say, I want this. Right. Well, guess what? That artwork is not print ready. That artwork has to be recreated and replicated to get it to the way you had it on Inksoft. They charge more per unit, which is why people come to us, because we're the cheaper option to the Inksoft. Yeah. But we then still have to go through and recreate this artwork, or the customer is going to incur art fees for... Uh, not having it done in the proper format. So what did we do? We brought in software that made us competitive in that field. We brought in software in the online design lab that allowed our users to do the same thing, to go to famsprinting.com and start working on their own designs using templates and fonts and different uh, clip art images or even uploading their own artwork. So do we still get people using Inksoft? Or I'm sorry, do we still get people using custom ink? Absolutely. But but it's do always going to be but but is it out there for us to remind people to use it and do people actually use it and and draft at their different layouts before placing their order absolutely so now we look like one of the big boys because we implemented inksoft's uh, tools and in addition to that we also were able to start building web stores for customers which right. has been huge too like these are things that you have to offer to be competitive i yeah. know plenty of other places who have been around longer and they, they're more established, but they are stubborn when it comes to implementing these kind of things that are good for their customers. So you really have to do, you know, you have to be thoughtful about this when you go through and start making these decisions, because, you know, if we hadn't pulled the trigger on that, we would have had a very different business model because there are places who won't even look twice at you if you can't set up an online store for them. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's what you have to do is the, when you see these big guys out there, they're the big guys
1: for a reason. And you have to, you know, take note and mimic what they're doing to
0: a degree because that's why they're the big guys. Well, yeah, and and not only that is, it's not why they're the big guys necessarily though. It's 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 what since they have such a large capture of the audience, uh-huh. the audience think thinks that that's what they want because right. that's what they've given them. So yeah. now your customer who has been dealing with you for years, they saw something on Custom Inc. and they're like, yeah. "Well, they can do it. Why can't you?" you guys right. do the same thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, that's what they're going to demand of you eventually. So you have to, you have to keep up, you got to sure. stay up the, you know, and, and that's where the, uh, the planning takes place, you know, businesses. To, and that's, that's the problem. A lot of the times we get wrapped up in running the day to day, you know, when I'm looking to do these other things with Primo and grow that end of the business, people don't realize like, there's, it's, it's nights, it's Saturdays, it's Sundays. There's no way I could have the time to run the business, the day-to-day stuff, which I'm still doing right, and do all that without really putting a time commitment on it. And it's, it's tough, but it never, it never ends. So you got to decide with that primo mindset, what are you going to do? What kind of business do you want to be? Um, because some things will definitely suffer in, in the way of it. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I think
1: things are always changing, uh, especially in this day and age and you have to keep up. And if you don't keep grinding and thinking ahead and planning ahead, then you'll get
0: left in the dust for sure. Well, one example of the way, uh, uh, trends have kind of changed, which has caused us to kind of rethink, um, some different equipment would uh, a great example of that is the, uh, the custom printed tags that you see yeah. in the apparel now. If you go back years and years and years, what kind right. of tag did you had
1: have? It was just the normal like little generic tag, the fabric tag, everything. and it, yeah. it
0: stuck out. It scratches the neck. Was, sometimes it was itchy. Sometimes yeah. it was scratchy. Right. Uh, Simpsons reference there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, itchy and scratchy. But that has evolved over time now. Where in the last ten years or so, we've seen the printed tags. Yep. It started at retail. Now it's funneling and working its way down to custom where you're getting these brands that you're working with. And you know, if you're getting an order from a big company, like, uh, let's say you're getting, you, you just scored a great order with Google. Yep. Google wants their t-shirts printed, right? You don't just print the t-shirts for Google. No, you have to brand the t-shirts for Google. So you're doing the front print now you're re-tagging. You're yep. giving them a custom tag. You're yeah. giving them a custom hang tag. You're giving them a custom poly bag right. so that all of these are individually uh, presented to their clients or yeah. their staff. You can't just print the t-shirts anymore. You, nope. If you want to go after those big accounts, you have to offer something new and different that says, hey, have you ever thought of this? We're gonna do all your tagging. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that Google appears it's it's not a yeah. it's not a Hanes t-shirt anymore. Right. It's not an Anvil t-shirt, it's not a Gildan t-shirt, it's not a fruit of the loom t-shirt. It is a Google t-shirt from top to bottom. And that's oh, yeah. and that is how uh that's one of those things we've come up where everybody's starting to ask for it now. And as we get into, you know, you've heard us talk on the other shows how we are going to be doing the primo branded products. We yeah. are going to be primo from top to bottom. We will manufacture our own apparel here made in the USA. Yep. We are going to have to tag and we cannot yeah. be sourcing that to other places. We have to bring in, in and control that process. So if we bring in the tag printer and we start doing that, if we don't have new people in place, or if we don't have somebody who's taking that over, something else is going to suffer in the meantime. Right. So what changes, what do we drop to offer that those are decisions that we have to make as well because yeah, I don't sure. see us moving forward without that kind of equipment in the future, um, so that we can do it in house on our own products and do it for larger customers. Yeah, because that's something too that we did, we've done before. We've printed people's tags, but, but that's not di- in, the a way. Way. Right. in a different way.
1: Right, different way. We screen printed the tags, like we turn the shirts inside out. We loaded them on there and we printed them. No, we'd be talking about a capital investment in a piece of equipment that does nothing. Right. Just
0: uh, tag print. Just tag print.
1: Yeah, because that's the thing. If you do it the other way, the screen printing way, it's very time consuming. It's just not... It's expensive. Yeah, and somebody saw that and realized like, you know, I need to come up with something that... Because it is, it's so popular now and it's just that extra, like
0: everybody is looking for that extra piece of like Wow factor. Wow factor, exactly. Give me, give me the presentation. I mean, that's yeah. like you see these online companies and you see what they put together as far as like, you know, they're, they're like a, a, a loot box or a, I think a crate, Box or something like that. There are these yeah. online companies that send you these nice boxes every month with something new in them. And it's all about the presentation. Right. What does exactly. it look like when I open it? Is it's branded tissue paper? Yeah. It's a branded box. And I get a sticker with it, and I get a keychain with it, and I get all these extra things that I don't really need and I don't no, really want, don't. but it's still cool when I open it up. These are no. the things that really matter these days, especially when you're being so competitive. But guys, gosh, it does
1: drive up your cost though. It really does. You're just adding more and more steps. I mean, and you're adding more cost. You're adding more steps, more labor. I mean, it's, it's just all around. It's going to diminish your bottom line per garment, but you
0: you have to keep up. If you don't do it, then people are, they're not going to want to buy your product. Well, so if, if it's me as a business and I'm sitting back and I'm thinking about this, I'm saying, what do I do to differentiate myself? And Mm -hmm. that's the question that comes up with a lot of new businesses. They say, how am I going to, how am I going to reach new clients? How am I going to make, uh, uh, this person say, I'm going to go, uh, here instead of there. You know what I mean? You're a new business. They've been, they've been established with this other company for years. What do I do to get them to change their mind? Well, you got to do something different. You know what I mean? You can't just say, well, I'll beat that price by a quarter. I'll knock your price down 25 cents a shirt is that worth rolling the dice on you? Probably no. not. You know what I mean? You have to do something from a presentation standpoint that is going to blow them away and being different, whether it's from your production methods, from your online offerings to your software, to different services that you can offer. And this applies to any business guys. We're yeah. talking DTG tagging machines and online designers. You might be talking about, uh, uh free home delivery, uh, 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 order tracking or, you know, uh, uh, a whole new, uh, line of skincare products that relates to your customer. These are all things you can do, but you know, you got to do something. You have to set yourself apart, especially nowadays. I mean,
1: things are just, everybody's looking for that little bit of extra. And if you, if you have it, I mean, the smallest things nowadays can grab somebody's attention. They throw it up on social media and all and of your a sudden business you're, a, blows you're a rock up. star. I mean,
0: and those, yeah. but those are the, those are the, those are rare cases. You know, you not every, not everybody's uh, new bath bomb is going to make Oprah's favorite things list right. for, for this holiday season and, and just change their, their, their world overnight. And not everybody's going to land a deal on shark tank with Mr. Wonderful and Mark right. Cuban. These are these are stories that I think keep us all moving, but they don't actually exist with anybody you really know. How many people do you know have been a part of those deals? No. Uh, or how many people do you know are living that life where they just hit that overnight success? It's where it doesn't happen often. So for the most part, you guys just got to keep hustling and grinding because this is stuff that has to take place and this research has to be done after hours. You're right. not doing You're, you've got a job to do nine to five, whatever you want to call it, where shit just has to get done. Yeah. You have to decide how you're going to spend your time outside of the job outside. And I, I say that because there's a difference between working your job and growing your business. I have a yeah. job at fams, right? But it's different from my mission to, uh, grow fams and primo, they right. don't, they're not they're not the same thing. I have a no. job that I, I do and it has to be done but everything else exists outside this realm of the nine to five and it's it's the only possible way to stay focused this what we're doing right now, the primo podcast it's not my job right It's part of what I, I, I I'm doing to expand the business. you have to know the difference between the two and you can't spend your time doing that while it's regular business hours right Just make sure you still get your
1: job done. Yeah. Cause if you're not getting your job done, then this means nothing. I mean, if, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I'm going to go, uh, set up the podcast or whatever that may be. And then you sit down and you do that during your business hours, you're not making any money. It has to
0: be an extra. Let me, let me give you an example. Yeah. I've seen people put up signs in their business and uh-huh. say, uh, you know, Sorry, we're closed today for uh, you know because we're out at a a, a show or we're we're uh, you know we're we're at a uh, uh, some sort of uh, what do they call it? a trade show or yeah. we are uh, we're we're out of town for training or we've got uh, a a team meeting or something like that. Right. You have to keep your doors open. Yeah. It sounds so silly, and it sounds like you know one time or one thing where it's not that big of a deal but like if you if you're making if you're not doing it in your spare time then you're you're doing yourself a disservice because it has to be you can't change up your schedule just to focus on that otherwise you will constantly be doing that and that battle between what is my job and what is my duty Right. to grow the business, those two things are going to blend together. And you're not going to have consistency in either department because you're not going to know where and what to spend your time on. You yeah. Know? I mean, some people still, I, I, it, I, find it hilarious when I go somewhere and it says
1: like, uh, went to lunch, be back in an hour. And it's like, really? Yeah. Right. You got to plan ahead. You lunch is an everyday thing. Like, you- well, <sighs> If you're running a retail operation like that, where you're going to have customers coming in and out.
0: That's a huge problem with small business in general. We get that all the time over here. It's just in town, the lack of consistency. And it's, you know, my lunch is taken, you know, if I get one, it's standing at my desk eating, uh, you know, leftovers and I'll be interrupted three to four times. And that's okay. It's part of the the thing, but that's just the, the life you live. You don't get to... You don't if you if you're at the point where you can't, you know, either stay open through lunch or find somebody to take your place yeah, find somebody, and yeah. cover for you, that that uh that person who saw that sign, one, it's gonna rub them the wrong way. For sure. Two, they may never be back because they had to have their schedule there. And yeah, you know, it's just it's it's an inconvenient thing for customers,
1: you know. Definitely. One hundred percent. And I mean it's something that I understand though, some people
0: they don't have the option to have sure. another person there with well, them. Well, no, it, but they it's it's do happen. though, because you have yeah. to hire some. You have to hire somebody to do that for you. You have to have somebody else in there because you know I've seen This was a funny one too. I saw I saw a sign in somebody's window that said posted on the outside or on the inside of the window. Yeah, it was during a snowstorm uh-huh. and said, "Sorry, couldn't make it in today uh, <laughs> yeah. for a, you know there was a snowstorm." Right. The sign was taped to the inside of the window. Like you were you there. there. No, you yeah. were there. You either right. you either did that the night before yeah. or you decided uh, you you got in and you didn't want to stick around and it might have gotten worse. But, you know, you I'm calling you out on your BS because that sign was on the inside. So you put it there. I'm guessing it was the night before. I'm people probably, it was the night before. People, too.
1: people usually in those situations, if they are going they to prepare shut down, for it. Yeah, yeah. They, they do.
0: But, I mean, okay, a little off topic there. But, guys... Mm. If you want to expand your business, you have to be up on these kind of things. Read industry-specific magazines. Read industry-specific articles because they are knowing what's happening in your industry before you do. They are on top of it. They know what's going on, and they're going to have great equipment reviews. They're going to have uh, great software reviews. They are going to do the legwork for you every, I don't care what industry you're in. If you're, uh, if you're a baker, if you're a butcher, if you're a candlestick maker, <laughs> all of those jobs, yeah, those industries have magazines, so and much articles there. about that in, that specific industry, and if you're not following them, the experts in your industry. You might even be one yourself, right? And you might even want to start writing, get get some information out there. But guess what? Those people know what's going on. That will help you make your decisions as well. But I guarantee you, your competition is up on that stuff. So yeah. either stay with it or get left behind. Those are the exactly. only two options. And at you know, we're doing this because we're we're in the thick of it. You know, right. we're going down this new path. The Primo mindset, the Primo podcast, Primo teas. We're bringing you guys better quality content, better quality products. And this is all part of it. Yeah. It's a learning we're, we're process. Not, we're not telling you this because we, uh, we think you'd like to listen. It's actually probably boring to most people who who don't understand it. But if you know what to keep your eye out for, yeah, it's going to make you a better business in the long run. It's going to make you even, and even if you're listening, listening to this as an employee, right? it's going to make you a better employee. Yeah. Bring stuff to your boss and say, Hey, you guys ever think about this? Yeah. I love that. Because maybe it. I didn't, you know, somebody's yeah. got to implement it. But guys, sure. I'm out. Of, I, I mean, I think we covered everything. Yeah. Stay on top of things. Keep going. Keep grinding it out. And, you know, tell us a little bit, you know, follow us on Twitter. I'm at uh, Primo Tease uh, or at Primo USA on Instagram. You can find Phil at Primo Phil on both oh, yeah. Instagram and Twitter. Talk to us. We want to know what you guys are doing in your industry or what kind of questions you have. How did we come to a decision? How do you break down the numbers? How do you figure out where the payoff is? We can help you guys through that. Yeah. Talk to us here. And as always, we're in your feed every Monday, the Primo podcast, primotees.com, famsprinting.com. Go to it. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Give us a feedback. And until next time, see you later.